0: Good afternoon, this is Vintage Orange on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Ellen Bell. Today I'm going to be talking about my home, not just the hometown that I live in, which is Irvine, but the village, the village of Woodbridge, where I've lived for the last 30 years. It's celebrating a special birthday this year. It's celebrating its 40th anniversary. And of all the community associations that are in Irvine, Woodbridge Village is really in a class of its own. It has more than 9,600 units in membership, so it's the largest homeowners association in the city. And Woodbridge kind of has a special theme to it. The Irvine Company always intend to give Woodbridge Village a recreational emphasis. The Woodbridge Village Association has been an integral part of the community's success from the beginning. Recreation was always the focus. In Woodbridge, residents are never more than a five-minute walk from a park or a pool. And that was the plan right from the beginning. When former Irvine Company president Ray Watson and his planning team developed the new village in 1976, they set out to create a community with recreation as its centerpiece. I wanted to have as many family recreational facilities as possible in this village, said Ray Watson. That's why Woodbridge is known for its diversity of parks and pools. We also wanted a community connected by paths so that all the neighborhoods could easily enjoy the amenities. Well, as a result, Woodbridge Village has 41 recreational facilities, including 22 pools and two centrally located lakes. Variety is another hallmark of the village, which has everything from a big wheel park to tennis clubs to sandy lakeside lagoons. All are available to residents who just simply pay a monthly membership fee. Like most everything at Irvine, the Woodbridge Village Association was the result of a carefully executed plan... To help me tell the story of early Woodbridge and its creation, I had a chance to talk with Bob Figuera, who was the first executive director of the Woodbridge Village Association. He was hired back in 1976, and he was there from the very beginning when the Irvine Company was just getting the village started. Bob talks about what it was like to come here at the very beginning when the lakes were just being filled in and before any homeowners had moved in. And some of the early unique marketing efforts that were put out by the Irvine Company, uh, Woodbridge came out at a very unique time. The housing demand was rising in the the mid-70s and people were really anxious to come and see it. So they created a very special marketing event with trams and open houses to kind of kind of make Woodbridge look a little bit about like a residential Disneyland to get people excited to come and move here and it really did pay off so I will let Bob Figuera tell you about the beginnings of Woodbridge
1: I saw an ad from the Irvine company that asked for a recreation uh, a recreation they're going to build these recreation facilities and they wanted somebody to oversee them so I applied for that and uh, I Within a day or two, I get a phone call from the from the personnel person, and, and the gentleman said to me, "Bob, I got your application. Are you applied for this. Do you realize that there's a whole new association being built here in Irvine, and they're looking for a general manager, and they're in the final stages right now." and your name sat in front of me and I happened to have somebody from the from the Peridian group who was the one of the major planners here and he said he'd visited you in in Lake Forest a couple times because of the lagoons and stuff and wanted to know and they they said you, you they you were, they, were, they were impressed and why didn't you apply for this I says oh, hell I don't know I didn't even know there was a job like that around and he says are you interested I said well, well sure I said I guess so they they called me in and talked to me and and the the personnel talked to me. Then the next thing I knew within a day later, I was talking to the president of the residential division, which was Steve Kuhn. And the next day I came back and talked to Steve Kuhn and Ray Watson. I came to work almost seven months before the first homeowner moved in because they had started to build all the recreation facilities and they had just beginning to fill the lake, north lake as i got here so i was involved in that and watching them, and we had to do, do uh you know get ready for the the homeowners to move in but they were still building very rapidly and uh come summer i came to work and, and middle of the summer the the marketing really went into effect and they had people and and vehicles and and all kinds of stuff going on and they wanted the facilities to look like they were being used. So they came to me and, and I we hired people. I hired some of my staff and they'd bring their families down. They'd swim in the lagoons. We'd hire adults that would went to the adult facility and would just sunbathe and stuff in the facilities for three or four hours. And I even went to uh, one of the colleges, I think it was Saddleback College, so I don't think Irvine College was here then, and got a... Uh, it's a sailboat instructor, and he taught classes out here on Saturday and Sunday, and we had some boats, so he could use our boats and his boats, and we paid him to bring his people out here and sail on the lake and stuff like that. So we did that oh, all summer, the first uh, the first summer I was here. We, we put people out doing that for the complete summer. Then after summer was over, the, the company wanted to keep things going, so they offered, we called it the Disney, uh, Orange, the South Disneyland. They had trams, and we had, they, again, the company paid for this. I mean, I was an association manager, but the company always paid for this. And they set up lemonade stands and, and things for kids at each of the parks. So when the families came to look at the at all of the, the, the marketing corridor, which was right down Stone Creek, where all the houses were being built and the parks were were right down the side, too, that the uh, the kids would have places to go and the families would come over and have lemonade and stuff like that, and the kids would play on the equipment. So it was just something they just wanted to make the community look like there was people here and, 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 and things were going on. So And that went on. And our, our first, I believe, the first actual person moved into Woodbridge in October of 76, and the gentleman's name was Bob Orton, I'll never forget, because he was the first move in at, at uh, Culverdale across the street, and he wanted to be the first move in at Woodbridge, and he moved in before even the gas was turned on, but he was in his house, so he could say he was the first one.
0: So Bob Figueres set out to do his first hiring and to bring in the staff that would later become the Woodbridge Village Association. And he saw right away that there would be a need for a standardization of all of the facilities and things that they were building there. So he talks about how it was very important in those early days to have a working relationship with the Irvine Company, who was very much involved in the day-to-day Planning and uh, building of the village of Woodbridge. When I first
1: came in, I, my office was in the across the street of Culver Drive in the construction trailer, and I was there in the construction trailer, and the company said. They they took me into the, the, the tech company which controlled the board of directors. We had a board meeting and said, Bob, you need to go out and, and set up payroll accounts. You need to go out and get yourself an office. You need to hire landscape maintenance contractors. You need to get maintenance, and you need to get going because we're going to start turning this stuff over to you. And... Uh, so uh, well, I came in by myself, and, and the first person that I hired was, was kind of a secretary bookkeeper because somebody had to keep track of the hours and, and, the, and the stuff of the, of the people we were going to get going. And then I hired maintenance, a couple, two maintenance people. We hired a landscape contractor. And Then the first really staff person I hired was a recreation director my philosophy has always been that, you know, recreation makes a community. I, I went to school at San Jose State and my degree's in recreation and park management. And uh, so I felt that, you know, whatever happens, you, you know, we have all these facilities and not just have them sterile. So we hired a recreation uh, director and I think he was on for the, the next summer, which would be 76, I think 77, uh, I hired and they started and people had moved in and I imagine we had uh, probably I would say maybe 300-400 homes were, were moved into so I was able to sit down with the company and say hey you know, you're building 35 parks, you're building 50 swimming pools, you're building stuff. We have to kind of get things uh, standardized. You can't have something here, something there, something there, something there. So They were really good. I mean, they let me get in and we got were able to standardize, you know, probably not boring the heaters and the pool equipment and the stuff and how they built the pools because we had to maintain them and, and uh, they were they were really good about that woodbridge was the first community in the city of Irvine that had reclaimed water so we dealt with reclaimed water our whole time and, and there was a lot of restriction put on us at first because we couldn't uh, use it at only at certain times you could only water from 11 o'clock at night to like five four in the in the, in, in the morning because they didn't want people around it and stuff like that. Well, reclaimed waters changed in, in, the, in the last 30, you know, 35, 40 years. I mean, they, you know, but we were the first community to use it and, and it really helped.
0: The village of Woodbridge was innovative and groundbreaking in many ways, but one of the very unique concepts that the Irvine company wanted to try there was something that they called a fine grain mix Of residential development. In other words, what Ray Watson and the other planners wanted to accomplish was not to have all of the different housing products separated by type. For instance, they didn't want to have all the single-family homes grouped together, the apartments grouped together, the condos grouped together. They wanted more of a blend of housing at Woodbridge, and they've had the idea that this would provide more of a democratic feel where everybody living in the community would have an equal Equal sense of where they lived as opposed to a, a separated sense where people in houses lived here and people in apartments lived here and, and vice versa. So uh, they, they came up with this fine grain mix, which I kind of think is like a bouquet of flowers. So when you come to Woodbridge today, you'll see that there are pockets and neighborhoods where a few streets will be single-family homes, right next to a few streets of apartments, which is right next to a few streets of condos and townhomes and so forth. And it's this way, all kind of mixed together. And that was very intentional because they wanted the community to feel more of a sense of, of connection with Woodbridge as a whole and not be able to have any understanding of where anyone lived or any differences between any of the citizens, and it would provide kind of a unified community feel there
1: we started a, a recreation program we started swimming lessons and, and we started uh, programs for adults and it was just the the, the start of thing and I believe that that made this community what it is today because today even uh, the programs at, at here are really good and really great and uh, a lot of the people really enjoy it and uh, so so that that makes what it is you know i always i always told people about woodbridge you don't buy a home you buy a lifestyle and if you don't like that lifestyle and that lifestyle besides having fun and swimming pools and stuff like that does have You can't do certain things i mean you can't paint your house red white and blue and you you can't add on to your house you can't leave your car jack it up in your driveway so you have to realize that there's a give and take homes sold originally here if i remember right you you could have bought a a, a kind of a condo that has a a living room dining room and a kitchen downstairs with a bathroom and upstairs, two bedrooms and a bathroom. You could, those were $20,000, $24,000. Then they were selling homes on the lakes for a quarter of a million dollars. So, and they're only within, you know, crows within half a mile of each other. So we had, you know, a whole blend of, of different type of people come in here. And I when I first came here, I, I know they were con- really concerned about that mix of people, is it going to work? Are you, what are you going to see with the schools and what are you going to see with the parks? And I, from everything that I could tell you, it, it, nobody knows. Hell, nobody knows. Nobody ever asked how much money you got. Is you know, and, and this whole community just blended together. The kids play; they come out and play there. This guy here could live in that house, and, and this, the, the son over there live on the lake. And it just—it never mattered. So you never saw any of that you know, stratus or whatever it is, a who's who and something like that. And I believe that the community even today, I I don't think anybody knows, but today these houses are that twenty eight thousand dollar home I think's worth now, it's worth a quarter of a million dollars. And I think that quarter million dollar house on the water is worth a million and a quarter. So I mean that's how the how the stuff has gone up.
0: A very important component to the success of Woodbridge has been the Woodbridge Homeowners Association or the Woodbridge Village Association. And that was definitely a creation of the Irvine Company. It was the early government or running uh, organization that ran all of the recreational programs in the village and eventually uh, members of the village were elected as members of a board that, that actually governed and made decisions about how things would be run. And Bob Figuera had a really interesting job. He kind of was the middleman between the Irvine Company and the citizens who were uh, having a say in how they wanted things run at their village. But he said in those early days communication was key and that he could easily talk between the two sides and had very little problems
1: when the first residents started moving in I was got us a trailer and moved down at the at the North Lake Beach Club and that's where my offices were I would be there doing something and Ray Watson would drop in and see me and Dave Kuhn would would drop in and we just had the same philosophies I guess I just enjoyed people I enjoyed the job I I just never really had any problems and the, the, the company was just great to work for. I, I mean, it, as far as they were good, uh, they they treated us good. They even treated what I was kind of for a while. I kind of walked on the line because the, the the company hired me, and and then the homeowners got on the board, and it was always four three because the company was still building. They had to have the things their ways, but the the three residents got on the on the. Uh, on the board and then we decided to set up and we had up the recreation committee and a finance committee and a facilities committee who who the three residents overseed so we always got feedback and the company got feedback and always listened to the feedback so I mean they were really good and I was very fortunate because I I I was a, a, a community manager that was able to go when the Irvine company turned the control over the residents they, they left one person on the board and, and gave six residents. Usually in all homeowner associations, that's when the general manager leaves. But I, I, we had gotten their committees going, we'd gotten the resident things going, it was just, and then we just put the three more and then we just, we did, and it, we just, I never had any problems, the, the company never had any problems, we always got along, uh, you know, we had disagreements, and I could get rid of the residents and say, you know, yeah, this, you know, you're right about some things. However, then I could go to the company. I was kind of the middleman there and say, hey, you know, you guys are getting, you're getting a little, down here. There's a little flames going on. Maybe you ought to do something. Okay, Bob, you're right. You're right. So we'd go down and we kept that. We never really had any, you know, major f- flare-ups and things.
0: Another great successful partnership in the village of Woodbridge over the years has been the association between the Woodbridge Village Association and the Irvine Unified School District. In Woodbridge, a lot of the parks and ball fields and things like that are shared access between the village association and the school district. And so what that means is that some of the school parks are not necessarily just chained off and kept only for school use. Uh, They're shared. And sometimes on the weekends, then, the public has access to some of these parks and and facilities and it really works out well for people who live in Woodbridge and it also works out well because the village association and the school district share the responsibility of maintaining those facilities so it adds to a really cooperative community association
1: one of, and one of the things that the company did do was the school district and the company was they built Woodbridge we're one of the first communities that do, did not chain the, 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 the schools or the parks, and they're built beside each other. So when, when the kids are playing, if they need it, they, they can spill into a park. And if we needed something in the school, we were having something, usually we could go to the school and get the use of the school. So that worked very well, and, and we were able to use programs and summer programs where we could joint use stuff with each other, and, and that worked out very well. And that was one of their concepts because you go to many cities, you'll see the school districts. The school's got the school there, and it's fenced and you know stuff like that. You, you don't see any of that around any of the schools. Even the high school here is, is wide open. We would maintain the park and this, you know, there would usually be a sidewalk go through it and that sidewalk would, would be, one part would be the, the cities or a school district and the other part would be the associations. But that is a great philosophy and I, I think it works great because it gives open area.
0: I asked Bob to tell me one of his favorite Woodbridge stories of something or an event that happened that was really unique in the early days of the village, and he told me the story in the late 80s of a 100-year storm. Maybe you remember this.
1: Back in, uh, I don't had to be in, uh, in the early 80s, I think it did, we had the 100-year storm came through here, and they were not prepared for it, and it came down and the creek bed and stuff was different, and the water washed down came from up above, washed down and washed right through Woodbridge. As a matter of fact, Barranca up here was completely underwater, and they had the restaurant site that sat out of the water then, and the water all went in the lake. The two lakes are retention basins. They're geared to, during certain storms, that's why they've got the grass that goes down so far, that they can fill up with water and, and, and relieve the water when the when this storm comes along. But well, what happened, is they weren't all developed then. And this storm came along and came out and raised the lakes. And at the North Lake Beach Club, the water got so high, it went into the lagoons and it washed right down the street, right down Stone Creek. And we had about six inches of water flowing down Stone Creek. People were getting in their cars and pulling the surfboards down the streets and the people were surfing down the streets and the water that ended up, ended up down at Wood Pine Park, and we had fish in Wood Pine Park. There was actually catfish and bass in the, in the park, in the swimming pool, when it all ended. It, it, it took us a couple months to get the place all cleaned up and stuff like that, but that was one of the most unique things that I ever saw with the skim boarders and the guys going down the street and like that, the, the water was that high. so.
0: The capstone of the year in the village of Woodbridge would undoubtedly have to be the 4th of July celebration. The Fourth of July in Woodbridge, as it is in many places in Irvine, has been kind of a traditional community celebration where a lot of families for decades have had parades and events, and it's really like one of our wonderful ways of all getting together as a community. And Woodbridge is certainly no different. And so I think it's a wonderful way for Bob to tell you what makes our village of Woodbridge so special.
1: It, it, it's it's mayhem today. I mean, it, it is what it is there are thousands of kids that, that, that you know that now, got decorate their bike and the boy. We even have floats and they they have floats and we give awards for floats, uh, to, and and about. four or five years they decided because that's when physical fitness got really big to have a a 5k and a a 10k run and that was very well received not only by the residents but by the city we were one of the first ones to have a uh, have a run like that and we were we did not give away this ordinary uh trophies and stuff like that we bought uh, chairs lounge chairs blankets stuff like that that people could use And we gave out first, second, third place like that. And so we had a 5 and 10K run. And then my recreation manager at that time, we decided we looked at the North Lake. And you could start up here by the pagoda and go down to North Lake over the bridge and back again. And it was not quite a mile. So... We may have run for the kids. It had to be under—I well, forget what it is twelve or something like that—and and that the 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 residents and and the families. I mean, we had more kids. The parents would run with the kids. The parents would have to. The kids would stop, and the parents would call them, and and they'd get down here to the finish line. They wouldn't know where to go, and the, uh, it, it it. But it's very. I mean, the, the, they really enjoyed it. Today, the 4th of July, I think, is one of the biggest. Now, our fireworks, we used to we used to shoot the fireworks just down here, right here in this little canal, and people would sit around the North Lake because we didn't have the South Lake and all of that when we first started. Now, having what we have, they have to shoot the fireworks down at the retention basin and, and they block the the, the, the police are really nice. I mean, they always have been. If people will park on the streets. I mean, our fireworks display, people come from all over to, to watch our fireworks display. And, you know, and the residents, it's all funded by the residents. I mean, uh, it's, it's a budgeted item. I, <laughs> I hate to say, I think it started out to be like, five or seven thousand dollars i think it's at least 20 or 25 thousand dollars now and that's just for a half hour show so you can imagine what they pay for for for, you know larger things something like that so but uh, again it's another thing or the community expects it all if you go down in the south quadrant and, and you go down into the schools and stuff like that and and our parks and all the stuff like that they're just packed people have their blankets out there some funny stories when we first moved it down to to the to the South Lake, uh, the people were gathered and stuff like that, and we'd take care of all our stuff and made sure all the sprinkler stuff was off. But a lot of people went to the schools, and we did not tell a school that we were you know that they'd go there. So in the middle of the fireworks display, hell, the sprinklers come on, people got soaking wet. They came in here, but now you know after that, we've been able to we talked we get a hold of the city and the school district and all stuff like that and they just they're really great about just shutting make sure nothing comes on during the-
0: As you can see, I'm a little bit biased about my home village, the village of Woodbridge. And I'd like to thank Bob Figuera for sharing some of his memories and the stories that only he can tell of those early days in our association. And uh, so thank you very much, Bob. And I will let Bob Figuera uh, conclude our discussion on this 40th anniversary celebration uh, with his final words about Woodbridge.
1: No, the the recreation things have really molded all the, the community together, and I think you know that's one of the things that, that, that I'm, I'm very supportive of. It, anything we can do to assist people, because you get people that, when you get them out of their houses in, in swimming pools, and in, in organized games and organized activities, Fourth of July, uh, you know, things like that. It, it's it, it it just it just blends the community.
0: I couldn't agree more, Bob Figuera. Thank you so much uh, to Bob and to all of you for listening and tuning in to Vintage Orange this week on KUCI 88.9 FM. My name is Ellen Bell. I thank you always for joining me, and I will see you next week.